0: Welcome to the Your Confident Self podcast with Allegra Sinclair. Get ready to punch fear in the throat and gain confidence like never before. I help corporate women get the confidence to ask for the job they want and do the work they love. Isn't it time you got unstuck and showed the world how fabulous you are? Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. You guys, get ready, get ready, get ready. My new best friend, Toy Sweeney, is joining us today. And there is so much fire and so much intention and so much delicious stuff coming your way. I cannot wait. So I'm going to cut my intro short so you can quickly get to the good stuff. But I will let you know how bad Toy is. She's the founder and chief style officer of the Well-Dressed brand, She's an award-winning fashion stylist, brand image strategist, TEDx speaker, entrepreneur, the host of the Well-Dressed Brand TV show. She's a certified fashion advantage. Do I need to keep going? (laughs) Y'all. She is everything and more. She's also the best-selling author of Secrets of a Well-Dressed Brand. In our conversation today, we are going to cover the magic that is hiding in your closet or not. We're going to talk about how a intentional strategy towards your wardrobe can help you move forward in your career. And we're also going to talk about the power of color. Let's get into it. Everybody, please
1: help me welcome Toy Sweeney. Hey, girl. Hey. (laughs) <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I am ex- so excited to be here. And I do love you. And you are my best friend. I vol- <laughs> told you. I didn't really give you a chance. You didn't have to answer. I was like, oh, I will stalk you. I am in your life, period.
0: And I was here for it. Five so minutes into the conversation. Now, you know, I grew up in Jersey. I don't like everybody. But when I met Toy, I was like, oh, yeah, this is home. I liked her. So we were off and running, and I could not wait to bring her to the show. Now, you know, around here, we talk a lot about punch and fear in the throat. We talk about (laughs) confidence, but most importantly, what we talk about is being more of who you are. And if you're not sure who that is, then your work is to figure out who you are so you can be more of that person. So my first question for Toy is tell me what spawned Her Majesty the Queen. How did you go from whatever you were doing, drinking Slurpees, hanging out at the pool, whatever was (laughs) happening in your life, how did you go from that to founding your own design firm? Because that is a boss career
1: move. (laughs) Oh, not the drinking slurpees. I feel so seen. How did you know? Because you told me you were from Jersey, girl. I know. Exit 13A. Right? When someone says they're from Jersey, which exit? Not the 7-Eleven. Yes, girl. 7-Eleven is life. Oh, my gosh. I don't think that I'm going to be able to get through this. Um, Thank you for asking that question because I have not been asked um, about Her Majesty the Queen in so long. And so during my time... I went to college in Philadelphia, and so during my time in college, we had an opportunity to go to London and Paris, and um, I really enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed London, and I w- was my first time there, and I was just like, oh my gosh! I kept seeing these signs all over the place on on buildings and banks and stores, and this this is for Her Majesty the Queen, and this this uh, and you know for everything was like Her Majesty the Queen, Her Majesty the Queen. And so at that time, and this was like in the 90s, I'm trying to figure out like, you know, um, we were, we went to go visit the crown jewels and I'm looking at all of the tiaras that she could have her choice to put on every day. And so as I started to think about that and I was near graduating design school, I was like. What if, you know, what's the American version of that? Like how do we get up every day and we put our crowns on, you know? And I was never one to um subscribe to the whole princess thing, right? Even as a child, I never wanted to be called a princess. And people would say, why? And I was like, well, because she's just waiting for the queen to die so that she could be prince for so that she could be queen anyway. Like, wow. you know, <laughs> everybody just wants to be queen. <laughs> and so who wants to be a princess? <laughs> Yes. I was that kid. So, (laughs) um, and so that was really how it was born just out of this whole, like, you know, leaning into who you were created to be. And it was before everything was like, yes, queen. And everything was like queen, 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 you're queen. So at that time it was like fresh language, um, as opposed to now it's, you know, diluted language, I guess, or language that has been used a lot to become a commodity, um, to call someone a queen. But That was really it. And so I was doing these very couture level um, bridal gowns and evening gowns. And, you know, that was really what I wanted it. I wanted to give that experience as if you were royalty and your, you know, silk gown had been laid out for you and custom made for you and you are Her Majesty the Queen. And so that was how I would address gowns as I delivered them, Her Majesty The Queen, Allegra Sinclair, Uh, thank you for the opportunity for me to create such a magnificent piece for you and things like that that we wouldn't typically get um, on the everyday. Awesome. Now,
0: I don't know a ton about design firms, but I do know that there aren't often people who are um, chocolate or young or not connected, right? When I think, yeah, I remember... um, is it Leon Talley? Yes. When he dressed Jennifer Lopez, not Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Hudson for Mm. the Oscars. And everybody was like, Leon Talley. And I was like, oh, people just don't know because I did know that name. So tell me a little bit about how you as a young woman of color who might not have had like the legacy and connections, what was that like for you stepping out into an area that most of the folks who were doing that well didn't look like you?
1: Um. Oh gosh, it was so difficult. You know, like anything. Like even it. It really isn't any different uh, than running a business today. Correct. You know, we don't get the funding unless you, um, unless you have, um, you know, um, mommy and daddy's money. Um, and some of the designers that have made it, they do have that, or they, you know, were able to do that. <clears throat> I, you know, I was too young and too naive to know that I couldn't. You know, I didn't know that I, that I shouldn't, I didn't know that I couldn't, I just did it. And so I, everything that I had, you know, I was, I was working full time and designing in between the, that time and, you know, going to New York and, you know, finding pattern makers that could help me, you know, do a collection. And, um, I hired, um, uh, a veteran pattern, pattern maker. Uh, to help me with like fits and things like that, because I was like, why should I try to do this when, and I've been doing it for the few years that I've been in school and she's been doing this for three and four decades. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I source all the fabric myself. I d- design everything, sketch it and everything. And then I would, you know, as I got clients, I would, yeah, I would just and go okay. We're gonna we're gonna have a fitting, and then I hand deliver their gown to them. But I just didn't know. I mean, I sunk everything that I had into it, and um, I a friend of mine um, was like, "Hey, I made this connection. I think it'll be a good connection for you." And it was this high end boutique on the main line in Philadelphia, and I they allowed me to put my gown. She's like, "Oh, we would we love these. We're gonna you know have them in there in her shop." And that was really kind of the beginning. Um, and then I had, I was featured in, um, Philadelphia Inquirer on the business section as well as the section that was like, Hey, this new hot designer, it was really cool. It was a really, really, um, a wonderful time. And then when the map market crashed in 2008 or nine, um, and everything went down, so did that business. And I was devastated. I was so devastating because design made me feel really beautiful, um, it just, it was something about starting with a blank sheet of paper and sketching into there's a callus um, on your fingers and, you know, touching every piece of fabric and the thread and making sort of the buttons and the hem and like all of your wildest dreams come to life. And when you see it on a person. And so it was very, very, very devastating. But I did it.
0: <laughs> there was so it. much in that. Um, I don't want to add to trauma. But it's beautiful the way you said design made you feel beautiful. So not just that you were designing things that made you personally feel beautiful, but you bringing a design to life on someone else made you feel beautiful.
1: Yeah, I felt really smart. I don't, you know, I had, that was the first time in my life that I could say that I had, that I was like not getting dressed to put on something But it was something that was, like, God-given or created in me that I was pouring out into the world. Mm. And that was, like, the journey to really know what true beauty is for me. That is awesome. Like, I felt.
0: If I was still playing on Twitter, that's tweetable. (laughs) know the cray that's happening there right now. Come on. I'm not the only person who knows about that, but that was tweetable. I love that. It's kind of like we talk about being more of who you are in that moment. And it's so wonderful. The confidence that that took, I call it like the confidence of a seven-year-old. You ask a seven-year-old what they're going to be when they grow up. They Mm. don't think, oh, well, I don't know if I have the right money or if I don't know if I came from the right place or I don't know if I have the right education. Seven-year-old, what are you going to be when you grow up? I'm going to be a ballerina. Mm -hmm. and everything in them tells them that that is possible for them. I Mm -hmm. love that. You were like, yeah, I started this business that shouldn't have happened because nobody told me I shouldn't have. It didn't occur to me that I couldn't do it. So I just went on and did the thing. (laughs) I love that.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think that, you know, it's one of the greatest gifts that my mom has, um, that my mom gave me, she left me like a couple of good nuggets before she left this world. And um, like, you know, I love her and appreciate her. So I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like, those kind of jaw dropping, life changing things that I know for sure, that she just left me. And one of them was Um, You know, I kind of grew up thinking like, oh, my gosh, she has no expectation of me. Right. Because it was like, don't get pregnant. And, um, you know, just make sure that she graduates high school. Like that was literally all that she like let like that was it. It wasn't like you had to go to college. It wasn't like any of that stuff. It was like the bar was right. Don't get pregnant. pregnant. Um, (laughs) It's like, don't get pregnant and graduate from high school and graduate from high school and so for a, such a long time that really bothered me um and then as i got older and and when the time she left this world you know 6 years ago she left as as you know one of my best friends and um i realized how what a gift that was because I, that was why I didn't know that I couldn't because no one ever told me that I couldn't. And mm. so that intrinsic motivation that was in me, she didn't know to try to distinguish that fire, you know, that mm-hmm. specific one. It was, she never distinguished that fire um, because there was just no expectation there. You know, it was like, okay, I didn't get pregnant. I've graduated, you know, I've graduated high school. Um, you know, and then I decided like, okay, I'm going to go to FIT and then I'm gonna you know, and then I'm gonna, you know, I had this whole plan and I had to pivot so many times. Um, uh, but I got it done. And I remember graduating from the art institute in Philadelphia and I won or um oh gosh, I won an award. This is terrible. I can't remember what it'll come to me. I can't remember what the award is called. And um I got this award and I just remember her just being like, I could just see the like shock and awe on her face. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And even then later, the night that I won the icon of the year award from the art Institute of Philadelphia, a decade, a decade later, um, my my mom's last text to me was, I'm so proud of you. Like, I'm just proud of you. And so, you know, there's something in that, like who you listen to, who you allow to write your story. Oh, that's deep. Oh, that is deep.
0: There's two deep things there. A, who you listen to, Mm -hmm. right? Because everybody's opinion doesn't carry the same weight. Mm -mm. I was talking about that with a client this morning. She's like, oh, well, you know, I'm worried if I do X that people might talk about me. And I was like, well, are they people who you care about talking about you? Because it's different if someone in my circle talks about me versus a stranger talks about me. Because I really could care less if a stranger talks about me. 100%. Right. I don't care. Mm -mm. But if someone in my circle is like, hey, let me come. Let me just talk to you for a minute. Step over here
1: to the side. (laughs) That is different. Right. Right, That's different. That is
0: loving counsel versus a stranger judging something they don't even understand.
1: A hundred percent. And the people who are like, I don't care what anybody thinks lies.
0: All of us care. (laughs) It's
1: a lie. like stop playing with me <laughs> you know I <laughs> ask the kids say why are you trying to play me you know right like right. Why, why are you trying to play me because everyone cares what someone thinks you yes. know? but exactly yes. what you said I just don't care what everyone thinks
0: yes you know? I love that I'm very particular yeah. about who I care about what they think um something that you were starting to touch on like the confidence to move from your own firm and then going through the economic downturn and um, kind of letting that business go and then moving and becoming like the, I want to say head stylist. You'll have to remind me what your title was at the leading home shopping (laughs) network, which is huge, right? Managing (laughs) 30 different TV personalities and their style is all you tell me a tip that you have, or I'll give you two tips for Keeping your confidence high. Because stepping um, out in the world of work as a woman, it comes with it. Com- it comes with some challenges, right? I have a conversation I have with myself, or I have a song I listen to that reminds me of who I am and whose I am, yeah. right? Those are a couple of the things I do for confidence. But what are a couple of the things that you do to remain confident <clears throat> on such a big stage with big responsibilities?
1: so i'm just I'm so type A that I think that a lot of it it might be my toxic trait. I'm not sure but <laughs> <laughs> but i I think that you know there's like I was saying before, there's a lot of ignorance um around like. You know, it's almost that whole was it NeNe for one of the Housewives show, which I've not watched really any of them, but just the clips. Right. Like, who gonna check me, boo? Like, I don't I didn't know that I couldn't. Right. Like, I just I think that the, the true answer is, is that because I'm such I'm such a high performer and I'm so type A that I am so fearful of getting caught with my pants down. That's the truth. Um. And what that means is that, you know, I've always kind of had these rolling things in motion. So even though I was, I was working on my design firm and um, getting, you know, um, and I was getting these features in the magazine, I also was, you know, I still was working full time. I was at QVC, but I was, I had a different job at that time. I was working um, in the office that booked the models and would train them for runway and just making sure we had the right girl with the right products. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that was the job that I had at that time. And so, and so the design firm was like really more like my side hustle, you know, because it was a lot of sketching and sewing. Mm -hmm. I didn't
0: realize, see, I'm not good with the maths. I shouldn't affirm that. I'm great with math. I didn't realize that you were working on that at the same time that you were working full time.
1: I was working full time. And so that was how I was funding that because You know, collections costs a lot of money. And I was throwing $20,000, you know, like, and then I run out as many seasons as I could go and be like, okay, it's been a while. I need to probably create a new collection. And then it was another 20,000. Like it was crazy. And Mm -hmm. so in all the while, not that you asked me, um, but I'm going to tell you, this was also going on. And then I was also um, trying to have a baby. And so I was doing infertility um, stuff at that time as well. And pregnant with my first child. And so, um, and so even. Just in the, to add a little extra spice just, to the you gumbo. Know, just because I was bored, apparently. Um, wow. And okay. so, so through that, you know, so I just kind of want to give you, take you on this ride real quick, just kind of to give you this emotional um, part of my life that was completely nucking futs, Like it was so crazy. And mm-hmm. so. I, you know, so then all of that is happening. The design firm goes down and um, working full time still. And in the midst of that, uh, we get pregnant and we're really excited. And, you know, we're just happy. Uh, oh, gosh, 26. We, I was six months pregnant. I can't do weeks. Six months into the pregnancy, I have a uterine eruption.
0: Burst. And
1: uh, our son, Miles, who would have been 14 today, passed away.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry.
1: Thank you so much. And so in the midst of that, I can can now no longer have children. And so I'm like, okay, so you come back to work. And in that time, I had moved from that position to a backstage styling position. So I was styling the live show um, and working overnights. But so you you go to work and you and all of these girls are pregnant. I go out, you know, and I have this tragedy. I get back to work and you know I <laughs> like what? And so yeah. um, like no, everybody has their baby right now. I don't have mine. And so um, that was kind of laying like okay, I'm stuck in this job, and there was no upward mobility. So what are you going to do about it? And I, and people were just, I mean, they would see me in the hallway, then they would burst into tears. Like every, I was getting this reputation of that was, again, the story that was being placed upon me, um, was this sad girl. And so that's when I started to started to really experiment with color because I needed to change their perspective of me. And so I learned that I have been passed up for, uh, for a styling, um, position, I had moved into a full-time styling job at this point backstage and I was, I was passed up for a big show. And so, um, so I was starting to lay the foundation for my company now, the well-dressed brand, but I didn't realize it. And so I started just really changing the way that I look wearing bright colors and just, you know, people would be like, it's always so happy. I'm always so happy to see you. You always look so happy. I would never wear black. I would never wear black. Everything was a color clash every day. Um, and a smile. And so I learned that I got passed up um, in the midst of that for a job that I really wanted. And then I started changing things. I noticed this person who the show host that was passing me up for this job. I noticed the day that she noticed me and it was because I had changed up and started using my wardrobe as a business strategy to get this job. And so then that happened. And so then once I was killing it on those shows I really started to read and research and understand branding. And so I was like, okay, I need to create like a personal brand and how does this work and if you use color and infuse a personality, does that um does that does that contribute to the bottom line? Let me try it. It worked. And so I got a little buzz that, you know, the woman who was dressing all of the show hosts, um, her name is Maria McCool. Shout out to Maria, was looking to um, move away from that position. So they needed someone to fill that position. And so I started just kind of being like, hey, I'm interested, like, Mm -hmm. how can we do this? And that was really it. So I started to just kind of put these strategies in place. And so when she started training me and teaching me um, these things, once she fully moved out of the the position um, and, you know, it was me and another stylist or she was my boss at the time, but we were doing that. So I had 17 of them that directly reported to me. And so you know, as we were doing that, I started doing the same thing for them. If I infuse their personalities, if I use specific colors, if I do all of these things, does it impact the bottom line? And so that was really it. And so outside of just the normal things that we know to um, move you through uh, a job, you know, keeping yourself ed- educated. I listened. I believed in Automobile University. I listened to podcasts. Yes. Right? Oh, my
0: gosh. I've never right? heard anybody. Else. I called it Honda University (laughs) because I was always listening to podcasts or books on tape or something when I was in my car yes Yes, I love that
1: because I had an hour drive there and back Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. I would you know I did my automobile university I was always listening to some sort of an audiobook I was always reading you know Forbes articles and 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 different you know different things you know, all the things to keep up with what I needed to do and to be sharp for my job. I mean, I had 17 personalities that I was responsible for. I'm shopping with them. I'm in their closets. I'm backstage with them. We're going to Italy. We're going, you know, to the, um, oh, what is his name with his cute self, um, is he on the show still? Anderson Cooper. We're You know, we're going oh. to Anderson Cooper. <laughs> He's so cute. And then, you know, we're like doing all the things. I you know what you're I mean? talking about one of the personalities. I was like, give me a hit. I can tell so, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 so, you know, we're just doing all of these things with them. And so anyway, that was... Um, that was just laying the foundation for my company, The Well-Dressed Brand. And so when I wrote the book, Secrets of a Well-Dressed Brand, that was where I laid the groundwork and really just kind of cut my teeth on the principles that I lay out in the book because, you know, I had to live it and then I had to do it for myself and other people simultaneously. So I know what I know what I know, you know?
0: (laughs) So that was all sorts of amazing and it's weighty, right? The tragedy that kind of um, was the foundation for this, all this other good stuff. But it's fascinating that you were passed over for a position. And I'm not quite sure, but I think what you were saying was that you were passed over because you had this story that you were the sad girl and they were looking for someone with a different brand. Is that why you were passed over? That was so then kind you of intentionally it. created this. Okay. So you didn't get this position, and instead of wallowing and saying, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I got that! I would have been perfect at that." Life sucks. Stuff always happens to me. You said, "Okay, let me think strategically about this. How can I position myself to be ready for the next time?"
1: Yeah, that was exactly right. Now, what's interesting is that you thought
0: about. I never thought about wardrobe business strategy. I do think of like a couple little tips. Like I think we talked in our first meeting about a previous podcast episode I did about how I thought it was everything if I had on a red bra, right? Or like a fancy (laughs) bra. Like if it was a big day, girl, bye. If it was a big day, I had a big presentation to do and I had on like my totally buttoned up, you know, corporate gear, but underneath I knew what I was working with. It gave me a whole different attitude, right? To step in front of the room more confidently. Because I would have this little giggle all day like, y'all don't even know, (laughs) right? (laughs) So I understood that, right? And I remember telling myself that, guess what? How you look impacts how you feel. And how you feel impacts how you show up in the world, right? So this was back in the day when uh, I think I first discovered lip gloss. And my grandmother was horrified (laughs) because she thought, that if you put Vaseline on your eyelashes, that was about as much as you should do. Anything beyond that was you were doing too much. So when I showed up with like lip liner and lipstick mm-hmm. with gloss on top, she, she was doing like, too much. okay, mm-hmm. she needs to leave college. We don't know what has happened to her out in Michigan, but we need to pray her back home because she has lost her it's mind. Just, like, right? where are you going? But I understood the connection between how I felt about myself and how I showed up in the world. Yes. So, but I never took it to the stage of thinking about my brand mm-hmm. being a strategic advantage in the workplace. So, I don't want you to tell us the whole book, obviously, but tell me a little bit more mm-hmm. about two things that your wardrobe does that aids you, and one thing your wardrobe does that hampers you when you're trying to move in your career.
1: Well, I think that, you know, gone are the days, in my opinion, um, about, you know, making a good impression. Because for a long time, right, bad girl RiRi was bad until Super Bowl. And she was like extra good, you know, like bad as in bad
0: or as bad as in good.
1: Right. (laughs) Yes. Right. I'm like, which one of those? (laughs) Exactly. Right. Mm. And I'm saying yes to It's like either or, right. It's like, okay. because I think that it depends on who you're talking to. That's why I'm saying yes. Right. Because it's like, sometimes it's bad because it's bad and sometimes it's bad meaning good. And so it's for me, it's the same as people saying you want to make a good impression. Right. Because I, I just, I just throw that term completely out because good to whom? You know, good, good, good compared to what good compared to Mm. whom, like, Mm. what are you talking about? And so what I encourage my clients to do, what I told them that they're going to do is make the right, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we're going to make the right impression. You know, you want to make the right impression. You don't want to make a good impression or a bad impression. You need to make the right impression. Right. And so even when I was talking about, you know, I didn't get, I got passed up for that job because this person didn't view me as a stylist. Like in her mind, she had a very specific um, ingredient in her mind of what a stylist was. And Mm -hmm. so anyway, the the answer to the question is that you want to make sure that you're making the right impression, um, is that, and so the way that you make the right impression is that you have to consider what you're trying to accomplish, you know, um, you know who are you meeting with if you're on and that's like a long term thing right like what are you what are your goals what's your mission your vi- vision um you know what parts of your personality can you infuse into, into your wardrobe what what are your core values what do, you know what are the things that are, are uncom- you can't compromise right all of those things and then you want to um infuse those things into your personal style then you want to make sure that you have a brand right closet because you don't want a bunch of shenanigans in there you don't want it to be you know trend 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 trend, trend. oh my gosh
0: i'm sorry what is wardrobe shenanigans oh my gosh <laughs>
1: We have all seen the people when you're like, here she comes. Here he comes with these war- with the wardrobe shenanigans where they have on every trend known to man. And then uh, other okay. people are telling them of how fierce, fire, hot they are. And it looks like a bunch of shenanigans. It's so distracting. They got on the gotcha. Smokey the Bear influencer hat with the latest wedges, with the fringe, with the crop top, with the hood, gotcha. with the leather. Like enough. Uh, enough <laughs> okay okay i was it's like wardrobe s-
0: shenanigans is that Sweet. like leather and, <laughs> leather and feathers leather can be great i just wanted to <laughs> make sure that i didn't have it whatever it was, right. I, was like, I just wanted
1: to know and that could be a part of your personality but like no one's personality is like the all 10 trends for the year on your body you know what i mean gotcha it's like okay, pick two Pick two. So you called it a brand right? Right. closet. So you want to make sure that you have a brand right closet. So at a certain stage and age in your life, you've probably worked with someone who can tell you what colors look good on you. Right. And so they're like, you're a winter. You're, you know, you are a a hourglass shape. You are a blah, blah, blah. Right. And so you can, um, you know, you can go onto Pinterest and look up, uh, color analysis and find a celebrity that matches your skin tone and you can get you know you do you can pay someone to do that but you can also go on pinterest right so i would be considered a winter for example and so or so you can go oh i i lapita is a winter i'm a winter like if you have dark eyes and darker skin or i think it's dark it's basically dark eyes and maybe even fair skin you could be considered like a winter right so anyway you get a color you get All these colors that you can wear, pick six of those colors and to start off. So you want to make sure that you have, you know, two or three neutrals and then, you know, the rest can be colors that you just love. If you have brand colors, that's probably a a clue of what colors, you know, you love Mm-hmm. You can make sure you have enough of those. And then you start to segment your closet off. So this is what what I'm going to look like and wear for Zoom meetings. This is how I show up to work. When I work out, it all needs to make sense for your brand. Don't just have, like, it in there. Like, every piece of clothing in your closet needs to be there with intention. They all need a job. And so if they don't have a job, then you probably need to get rid of them. You know, like, this is for... Sessy time, this is for date night, this is for a girls' <laughs> brunch. Like, all of them have to have a job. Okay, so the first thing out your mouth I didn't think was going to be, this is for sexy
0: time when you went to it's closet. Sessy okay. time. Sassy time. It's okay. Sexy time. sexy okay. time. So the thing that is fascinating about that is, I have for many years had a closet that had like several sections. There was the I'm feeling myself section. There was the I just haven't decided to get rid of it section that I'm thinking right now, if you were here with me, you'd be like, sis. <laughs> what is this? What is happening over here? Yes. You, this is shenanigans over here. <laughs> you just I'm just gonna tell you right now, stop it. Um, but it's interesting to think if I have a brand right closet, then I don't have to think so much about what I put on because I know anything I pull out is going to work and it's gonna yes. make me feel my best me and make me feel more confident. Yes. So is What is the thing that we do with our wardrobe that is a hindrance to us developing our brand and style? Is it the shenanigans or is there a different mistake we make with our wardrobe? I think
1: that you, I think that really just not having a strategy, you know what I mean? I think that we're so beyond you should be, um, you know, just at the point where we're just shopping to shop. Right. And I get it because when you go shopping, you get such a dopamine hit you know, and it's a feel good thing, especially if you just have a day where you're a little bummed out, it makes you feel good. And so I get that, but you need to shop with intention because when you have a brand right closet, when you have, uh, when you become a well-dressed brand where you're living well and you're dressing well, it's saving you time and it's saving you money. And so, and then, you know, what happens to you when you put on certain clothes? And so I, I cite this study in my book. And I'll go through it really quickly. But basically what came from the study from Northwestern University was um, that we think when we get dressed, we think with our, our minds and we think with our bodies. And so that's where the um, hindered influence can come from or powerful influence. So it's the meaning that you are giving the clothing like your red bra, right? <laughs> Some people mm-hmm. may see that and think one thing, but for you, it incited something very powerful. And so mm-hmm. you give you gave that the meaning. And so, but that makes you more product. Uh, it made you, so when you read the study, it talks about how um, they were able to focus more and they made less mistakes as they were running through these different tests that they were giving them. And so that's really what's happening. And so even though, you know, for those of of us who are on Instagram, right, and everything is like, "Mm, tell us about the fit, the fit, the fit, the fit, I could care less about the look of the day or the fit. It's what's happening to you psychologically, what's happening to you mentally when you put those things on Because we have so much to do, you know, even if I'm even if it's just self-care, you have to do those, too. You need an outfit for that. You know, you need a plushy robe or a satin gown like you need the things that are going to make you feel your best when you're moving through the world and whatever that looks like for you. So we just don't have time for, you know, all of these things that don't make you feel your best. They should not be in your closet. You shouldn't even consider them when you're shopping, you know? You had
0: me when you said save time and save money. (laughs) Because I remember when I was first getting started in like my real professional career, because I worked full time the whole time I was going through college. But when I graduated and like went and got the quote unquote real job, I remember just dressing always in black and white. Maybe every now and then I'd throw in some tan to spice it up. And in New Jersey in the 90s, everybody was dressing like that, right? So that was no Mm -hmm. big deal, right? Right. But I remember I moved to Arizona. I can't remember Mm. when I moved. I think like 92, 93. And people didn't know what to do with me. They were like, who is Mm. this ghoul? She wears black. (laughs) I'm like, y'all don't understand. On the streets of Philadelphia in New York City, I am... Thank you. Y'all just need to back up before you get burned while you're busy talking about how I'm some sort of cool, This is shit. Y'all just don't know out here in Arizona, right? But to me, it was easy. I knew everything, went with everything. I had gone Mm -hmm. to, I don't know, some high-end department store and been like, okay, yes, I just need the wardrobe. Just bring me stuff in here that all works together. Whatever you put on me, I'm going to buy it if it Mm -hmm. fits, right? And I just continued because it worked. Everything worked Mm -hmm. together. Save so much time, save so much money because yeah. I don't enjoy shopping. I'm going to be that rare person who says, I don't like shopping It's for not clothes and shoes. Yeah, I don't like it. A I lot just of people want somebody don't. else to like mm-hmm. help me figure some stuff out. It takes too yeah. much time.
1: Well, that's have, because like, you're good at other things. a hard time figuring out.
0: Thank you. I'm like, I stand in my freezer every morning going, okay, which daily harvest shake am I rolling with today? <laughs> Smoothies, talk to me. One of mm-hmm. you leap out the freezer, right? I right. too many decisions <laughs> to make in the course of a day. I don't want to have to think too much about those things because I want to think about other things. But I love that. So the things that we can do with our wardrobe to help ourselves or have a brand right closet, mm-hmm. have a strategy, because that. Relates to the thing that we do that doesn't serve us shopping unintentionally. What did you call it? Just gambling about to get that dopamine buzz. We don't want to yeah. do that. We want to get things that work together and make
1: us our best self. Yeah. I don't can believe I give you clothes make
0: a person. Yes, you can absolutely do that. Yeah, What's I'm sorry. One more? Say that again. No, come I, on.
1: I cut you off. I apologize.
0: I just don't think clothes make the person. So I want to be very careful with our language, which is why I loved you saying doing something that's intentional, that supports your brand. Because if who you are showing up as is raggedy, what you wear isn't as important as your raggedy spirit. Mm, However, if you are showing up powerfully, shenanigans can detract Mm -hmm. from your powerful.
1: Yeah. Okay. And the third thing, if I could add, would be, do not underestimate the psychology of color. Ooh. That's the thing that's 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 one of the things is just, you know, obviously, you know, I'm working with clients and we're laying a foundation for their brand and I'm giving them a style test so that we're not making these kinds of mistakes that we're talking about when you work with me. But the other thing that I infuse into that is, you know, is really the psychology of color. And so you can't underestimate that because when you think about even when you were saying with the black and white, it's very striking you know those are like two colors that just kind of get your attention and it's instantly chic to be honest but really quickly if you think about apple you know when they started with their, all their white packaging right and mm-hmm. this sea of like black headphones and yes. you're all of a sudden walking down the street with these with this with these white you know earphones and earbuds and the packaging you know mm-hmm. that's for a reason and when you think about you know their slogan think different um and white is the color of new beginnings and fresh starts. And, you know, even when you look at um political people who are you know, when Hillary was running and, and Kamala, the white suits, right? Think different, lean in my direction, try something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't underestimate The, you know, the 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 color of psychology, when you look at the Super Bowl, Rihanna and with the red, red is the color of ambition and determination. I'm sorry, she's running a how many billion dollar Fenty brand. Right. And so that's the one thing that I think that people really underestimate is 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 just understanding the 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 powerfulness of color um, and it could, and it could just be all black, like whatever you pick a signature color. I don't care what it is, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. make sure that it's something that speaks to you is what I'm trying to say.
0: Mm-hmm. So let me tell you about some homework that I did because I knew that you and I were talking. So, um, a <laughs> couple weeks ago,
1: what I'll own it.
0: I thought, well, I don't think about wardrobe. I don't think about personality. I don't think about design as a brand. And when I was, you know, doing my homework, I was like, oh, who do I think is doing this? Right, Who do I think has like a strong brand? And I looked at people in entertainment. I looked at people in the business world. I didn't think politics, which is fascinating. But I looked at Zendaya Mm
1: -hmm. and how
0: intentional she got. I don't know if she was always working with Law. Is it Law Roach? I don't know Mm -hmm. if she was always working with him. But I can tell if I go back Mm -hmm. and look at pictures, the Mm -hmm. point at which she started to work with him. And I was like, okay, her brand is, it is so intentional. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it is just fire. Love what she's doing. But then I thought, Okay, Rihanna, and she had some, uh, She, I think they were, yeah, they were fashion shows when she was introducing her lines, because I yep. knew about Fenty Beauty, like the cosmetic stuff, because I'm all mm-hmm. about finding the best concealer to hide the luggage under my eye, right. <laughs> but um, it's a fact. I think it must be allergy related, because they just won't leave me, but my yeah. dream continues for the right <laughs> concealer, but... I didn't realize that she had these whole lines of fashions and she actually yes. did like concept concert fashion yes. shows and they were on Amazon prime. So I watched yes. them all and yep. I was like, Oh, I can't wait to talk to toy. She's going to be so proud of me that I went from <laughs> zero. I went from wearing black and white and don't talk about me because I don't <laughs> own any Crocs to oh. all of the Fenty shows. <laughs> so, but the thing that struck me was the power in those shows, right? So they mm-hmm. were visually interesting and she had such a diverse group of people, but you could turn any of those shows on in the middle of it, watch two and a half seconds mm-hmm. and you knew who it was, mm-hmm. who was behind it. And mm-hmm. I thought, yes, the color, she was not afraid of color. Mm-hmm. I don't watch a lot of fashion shows. I won't pretend that I do, but I was overwhelmed. My half Jamaican behind was overwhelmed <coughs> with all of the different, She her, Complete adoption. I mean, Mm -hmm. I can't think of a color she didn't touch, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? And not just touch, but stomp all over. She didn't like Mm -hmm. timidly walk up to the color and say, excuse me, color, would you please be part of my show? She snatched it up around the throat (laughs) and wrangled it. I loved that. So I think that's a great point about not underestimating the power of any color, but more specifically your color the color yeah. that speaks to you. Cause I won't necessarily think that, Oh, black and white was just magic for me as a person. It was just easy. And it was what people were doing. If I had to pick a signature color for myself, that probably would not be it. So I loved the encouragement to figure out, Hey, what's your color? What's your color? And then use it because it mm-hmm. works for you. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, you said um, in your bio that you are a fascination advantage coach. And as a coach, who had never heard of Fascination Advantage, <laughs> I want to know more about that. What is that?
1: So the Fascination Advantage is a system that was created by a woman named Sally Hawshead. Um, the correlating book is called How the World Sees You uh, is the website. And so basically, it is the only assessment test in the entire world that tells you how the world sees you as opposed to Myers-Briggs and all the other ones that are like, hi, Allegra, this is how uh, you see the world. And this is what you think about this. This is, hey, here is how, <laughs> how the world sees you. Here's what you're doing right already. Here is like the jobs that you should stay away from. Cause you're probably not going to do a really good job in those, but here's the things that make, that are going to be in your wellspring. And so it gives you <clears throat> this whole report. And I use that report because, um, it, number one, it separates me from other, um, fashion stylists. Uh, number two I use it to lay the foundation of the brand for my clients. And then I couple that with my style test. And then we create a lookbook for them so that you look right for every turn of your life. So I love this report also because. It's the only thing that I found that gave me the verbiage to explain how I added value. So I found this while I was working in corporate. I would use it for review time to talk about how I added value to the team. Um, And I just heard Rihanna in my head, (laughs) you better have my money. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. She started the Super Bowl show with that, did she not? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because she was letting you know what was about to go down. Yes. you know, and so it (laughs) tells you, and I think a lot of women specifically – Um, Sometimes don't have the verbiage to talk about how they add value, and so I love the fascination advantage because
0: louder for the people. Like they can't
1: explain it, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why these things are so important, and that's why I, um, my first order of business when I left my corporate job, I think that like I got my LLC, and then I was like, and I'm going to get certification, certified, um, in becoming a fascination advantage coach, and so that was my first. Um, order of business because I just believed in the program so much. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah. And so I love that part of the other part of the test that I love is that you get this section where it gives you, um, like, so if you look at my test, it gives you an archetype, like most tests, right? So I would be considered the the connoisseur. Um, the reason that this test again is so important is because it's all about communication. So I'm just gonna go back for a second. It's all about communication. It's how you communicate. There's seven ways that all of us communicate. One is your the primary way that you communicate and then we have a secondary way that we communicate. And so she goes through we go through the seven ways that you communicate and those top two are the two that m- makes you fascinating. So mine would be um, prestige, which is a language of excellence and then passion, which is the language of relationships. And so I think that, you know, even when we were talking about in the beginning of uh, like, that's the first thing that that was your experience with me. Right. We talked about your background. We talked about my background. Mm-hmm. You can see that there was a level of excellence there and that I'm very much a passion personality. Yeah. Um and so that made perfect sense. So I was like, oh, this test might be onto something. And then it goes deeper and it gives you this little paragraph of just, um, you know, what I use it for is to like, this is how you should run your brand, like run your brand through these things. So mine says something to the effect of like, I'm warm hearted, I'm knowledgeable. I'm respected by my colleagues, like all of these different things. And so I encourage people for every email that you send out, make sure that it's being sifted through that so that your brand stays in alignment. Mm, When you're shopping for something, does this Mm. come across as knowledgeable and warm hearted with what you're doing? Like whatever, you know, whatever your test would say, you know, does that make sense for you? Um, You want to filter through that because that's the foundation of your personal brand. And so- Um, so that's really what it is. It's really teaching people what makes them fascinating and then leaning into that so that we can, um, be really powerful and stand in our power in that way. And you're not trying, you can't even try. Once you understand what sets you apart and what makes you fascinating, you can't even try to be like somebody else because Sally says different is better than better. Being different is better than being better because, right? And so when you think about that, you think about the fact that all of our lives, right? We're told fit in, fit in, fit in, conform, conform, fit in. And then what happens? You finally arrive. Lucky you. You fit in. You've conformed just so that the world can ignore you because they (laughs) own, right? Yes. Right? Right. Yeah. you make you, you show easy up... it makes
0: you easily passed over. Yeah. It enables people not to see you.
1: Preach. Right? So that's what it is and so you have to be fascinating. Um you have to be different because different will be better than <clears throat> being better any time. You know, you're always going to have that person's like, you know, um you know, uh, Kimberly is great, Jennifer's wonderful, right? You look in your phone. How many Kimberly, Jennifers, and Sarahs are like? Do you do we all know? Right? What we do is a commodity. Our names sometimes can be a commodity, but who you are is not. So that's why you have to infuse what makes you fascinating, your personality, into your personal brand, into your wardrobe. Because you showing up different is better than you showing up better. Just saying.
0: I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, that's like saying amen on you. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying.
1: Cuz people so, do not get that. They want to they really every time someone comes to me and they're like I I don't I don't, I don't want to be like everybody else and then I start we start looking through different things or what about this and that. Like oh, I could never wear that. Why? Because you want to conform. You I mean, look at those influencer smoky to bear hats that everybody was wearing. If I saw one more of those hats, Lord have mercy! <laughs> I'm like, can we stop wearing the Zorro hats? Enough of the Smokey Bear hats. Although
0: I did see Florence Pugh with a red one on, but it had a veil attached to it, and so I can't remember. Fire. Did you see that? Was it? That's Aladino? fire. You know, she was at some British award show, and I was like, this child, She's another one but with it a was, really strong brand,
1: but it was um, different because it was yes, the same, it was. but it was different. You know yes, what I'm saying? It was
0: different. Yes, and I'm not. It I'm stood talk- out.
1: Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying is that you can do it again because there's a thousand people, millions of people, sometimes in the world who's doing probably whatever it is that you do. You know, we all know them. You know, all the people who are doing what you do, but you are the only, you're, you are the differentiator. So do it. Just do it differently. Do it like you. (laughs) I think
0: that. A lot of the women who I work with who have reached a certain level of success in their career and are trying to figure out, okay, so how do I get to that next thing? And they are very focused on what other people did to get to that spot and can't figure out why doing what everybody else did isn't working for them. First of all, is it who you are as a person or are you putting on other people's behaviors as a jacket? Because we feel that when you're faking the funk right? If it doesn't fit you, we feel that when we're around you. But two, if everybody else did it, it has already been seen. So why would you expect to get the same results they did when we've already seen that? Okay. When everybody falls in love with you, as I know they will, how do they get more of you? First I know is the book, which y'all go get it on Amazon because there's deliciousness inside. Not just the book deliciousness, but the fascination advantage Test that we were talking about inside the book is a QR code so you can take that test. So run right now to Amazon and get you the five year anniversary
1: version of that book. Now, how else can they get more toy? Um, Please let's be friends on all the social spaces. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's your favorite
0: social space?
1: Oh my gosh. Right now I'm spending a lot of time on Instagram and LinkedIn um, because I am doing something that's called the color of the month. And so in order, I would love for you to get the full color of the month experience. And so what that is, is that each month as we were talking about color earlier, you are getting, we're taking a deeper dive into each color to help you be able to choose your signature color. And so for January, we talked about the color pink, February, we're talking about the color blue. Um, So each month is a different color. Um, You sign up to my newsletter and then you get an email telling you about those color plus All my favorite finds on Instagram in that color. And then every Tuesday at 1 p.m. I go live on Instagram to take an even deeper dive into that color. We are having so much fun. Um, Instagram is lit. You can go and just scroll and just you can catch up, you know, to all the colors. It's so much fun. So are you Toy Sweeney on Instagram? I am. I'm Toy Sweeney everywhere except for Twitter, which I am Sweeney Toy. Don't ask me why. It's a long story.
0: So they can go get the book. They, You said get on your email list and then they get the color of monthly email. So how do they get on your email list? So Everybody you, go to Allegrativity.com slash toy, T-O-I. Just in case y'all got it twist, it is not T-O-Y. It's T-O-I, Allegrativity.com slash toy. And you can find all the show notes. So we'll include a link there for where you get on the email list so you can start getting the color of the month. We have the book. Is there anything else that you wanted to make sure to pour into my audience today that I haven't yet asked
1: you that you want to share? Um, I just think that, you know, we're in a time where we're all seeking wholeness. Um, and that's something odd to think about that you can accomplish through your wardrobe. Uh, but that is part of it, because like we were talking about, it it impacts um, the way that you feel and your mood. So it's very important. So just, you know, this is the year that you're going to live well and dress well.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I know everybody's going to love this episode. Again, go to Allegrativity.com toy to get the full show notes.
1: Thank you, Toy.
0: You stay right there.
1: Thank you for having me.